farm where we hunt, they're not much on trees, so you got to be able to shoot a poke. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I make them practice, and and I've got I got uh, eleven inch gongs, and in my opinion, that's the vital area of a white-tailed deer. Uh-huh. And if you can hit that gong every time, wherever you quit hitting it every time, that's past your effective range. You know what I'm saying? So I keep backing the target up. As long as you pull the trigger every time and I hear that ding, you're good. I'll let you shoot one that far. But if you can't show me that you can hit that every time you pull the trigger, I'll back you down. You won't get to shoot that far. Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand, walking in. Wise Eye presents Welcome to American Roots Outdoors, everybody. We are in the studio at K-Country 95 with Redbone Mike Crace and Mr. Wayne Locke. And right in front of me is some bread and butter pickles, two quarts of Open one of them up real quick, Wayne. Yeah, well, those are good. Miss Nina's, had, she made those, and uh, so far she's put up, I mean, I don't know how many, how many jars. But, uh, oh, did you hear that? Oh, you hear, it sealed good. Yeah, it sounded, sealed good. I'm just glad it's uh, it's see through, so I don't have to worry about one of them things <laughs> jumping out at me. That, you sure it's not moonshine? <laughs> no, it's not moonshine. Ooh, it smells. Hey, I just got a picture on my phone. It smells good from Wise Eye too. I'm not trying to change the subject, but the does are showing up to my mineral sites. Are they really? Oh, big time! And I've got oh, they're small, but and I've been seeing a lot of deer on the roadways and in the fields. They're starting to become a little bit more visible. Yes, they are. Uh, mm. It's cooler temp. Are they good? Mm. Take another bite. Let's hear. <laughs> you just stay six feet away in social distance right now. <laughs> Let's hear you crunch on it. I tried to let, let people hear it crunch. I tried to, but the microphone ain't picking it up. Oh yeah, there you go. There you go, guys. Mm. Give me uh, one. No, get out of here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got your own jar. Yeah, see if he shares his jar when I come over his house another day. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're really good. I grew those pickles myself. You I grew did. those cucumbers. Miss Nina put the, all the stuff together. And, mm. you know, they're good. They smell good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that time of the year, isn't it? You know, with that medication I'm on, I probably should drink this juice too. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you got vodka in it. No, I'm teasing. No, that vinegar, we don't do though. that. That vinegar will help me. Anyway. Mm. He did we we just did. had to share some of our lifestyle living here in the hills, yeah. Ozarks. Cannon, man, it's all about that. They're delicious. Oh, yeah. If you're in the country, well, when I left the house to come record, she had uh, two big old pots full of tomatoes cooking them down for soup and chili put in the freezer. We would have waited. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just saying, we could have recorded it eight times. Uh, that, come, that, that comes up in wintertime. Okay. Comes up winter time. <laughs> well, anyway, the King of River this past weekend on the current river. The Carter County Nutrition Center held its 20th annual King of the River Tournament and crowned as king was Mr. Aaron Nicholson, my great-nephew through marriage, who married Caitlin Rutledge, Tommy Rutledge's uh, daughter, mm-hmm. and he was crowned the king of the river. He had 11 pounds, I believe, 1138. Something like that, yeah. Man, a lot of had, boats. Oh, there's 34 boats in the tournament. New record, uh, ain't it? Yeah. I bombed. I lost a three and a half plus, and I lost a two and a half to three plus. I lost two big fish. It cost me to being in the top, possibly top three at least. Yeah, but I, I saw up, the I saw a picture of the uh, leaderboard on there, and I noticed your your weight was way down. Oh, I, I only weighed four fish. I was out in 
I had six, I thought I had six fish in my live well, and I thought, is that six or seven? Because you only allowed six fish. Right. I had six fish in my live well, and I threw two of my fish out. Oh. <laughs> you thought you had seven. Yeah, because you're not only supposed to have six. Right. And I thought, mm. well, so much was going on. I had people in my boat trying to help me and stuff, and I threw away a pound and a quarter of fish. It would have cost oh. me. I'd have had six, close to seven pounds, I guess. It'd be, it'd be, actually, it would have been uh, 640. Okay. So, but then if I'd have weighed the other two fish that I lost, you take a pound away, I'd have had 11 and a half pounds. Been right up there. That's the way it goes, That's the way yep. it goes. It's the way it goes. But anyway, congratulations to Aaron Nicholson. He, I knew he was going to win it one day. I knew it because that boy has got competitiveness in him, endurance. And, and he's, he's young. smart. Yeah, he's, I, I think he's 26, yeah. 27. These young kids are tearing it up lately. Oh, they are. Tearing they it are. up. And, uh, yeah, the young kids are kicking the old guy's tails. But anyway, it's uh, becoming food plot season, everybody. You need to get your bush hogging done right now. Mm-hmm. And um, my phone is popping up with more deer images from my wise eye on the hunt control. There's another deer showed up on my camera and my phone. But uh, get your food plots areas bush hogged. It's time to pull your soil samples. And it's time to break the dirt here. I plant mine the third week of August every year. Some people plant earlier than that. The reason I don't plant real early is because... Uh, if you cut, go ahead and mow your, your clover areas, it'll burn your clover up. You know, right. and I keep the the uh, the growth over the clover mm-hmm. to keep the clover still healthy, so to survive when the cooler temperatures come in. So I don't go in and turn my ground under and mow it for another two or three weeks. Yeah, they they want you to do it just a couple months before uh, the, you know your anticipated first frost for your area. Yeah. Uh, so this way it has time to germinate and get going because some of the stuff that is in like the smorgasbord or, you know, uh, if you buy a specific one like a radish or whatever, yeah. a turnip, you know, they're not going to be any good until after they, uh, the first frost anyway because yeah, it needs to activate that sugar. Yeah. So That's what turns them on. Right. Yeah. yeah. But the, our show is uh, our special guest this week. You've heard him several times before. ARR Team Kentucky, Thomas Moore. He's got seven boys, and this guy is already out getting his food plot stuff set up, ready to go. In Kentucky, you're allowed to hunt corn. He he he, set, he purchased his first Wise Eye camera today, mm-hmm. and he's going to be using it. And he knows a lot about the cameras because he's been researching them. But uh, he's going to talk to us about his strategies and what he does to prepare for food plotting and for hunting season. All the way from food plotting to target shooting, uh, stand location, everything, to share his tactics. Because how many deer do they kill in your boys? You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's eight of them hunting. Nine yeah. of them, his wife hunts too. Yeah, right. So you think about how many deer they kill and what he does to create his success. Yeah, he's just a common guy. He's a carpenter, uh, and he and he takes all seven boys every year, and I think every one of them kill a buck. Yeah, just about, just about. Yeah, and that's your last bucks. Alex, yeah, and then we'll talk more with him about that. Before we get out of this break, we're getting ready for football season. Oh, high school school football. football Opens August 27th. Yes, sir. Three weeks from uh, this Friday. And, of course, uh, you hear this show on Fridays in some locations, Saturdays in others. But, uh, man, I'm getting excited. Well, I hear Thayer's going to have an absolute (laughs) unbelievable team again this year. Well, this team might be better than they were last year. Really? Yeah. So the only three or four starters leave, right? The rest exactly. of them are coming back. Exactly. That's huge. And the entire offensive line is That's back huge. with the exception of one. And yeah. Of course, they haven't replaced quarterback, but 
the replacement quarterback actually started seven games last year and won them all, including the win over Liberty. So Yeah, you had I mean, to say that. Yeah, of course. You had to say that. <laughs> also, the win over Ava and the win over Salem. Oh, my. And the win over Haiti. Oh, and yeah. everybody else until we got to the state semifinals. We lost by two points. Yeah. Well, I want to say this. Uh, I talked to Coach Holland. Uh-huh. And I've got two great nephews uh, playing on the high school football team. They're sophomores this year. Brody Rutledge's like 6'2", weighs 205. He's playing offensive tackle. And then Carter Pruitt, he's playing quarter, quarterback. Sophomore, he's like 6'1", and weighs like 185. Yeah. Uh, 180, something like that. I was reading yesterday. They're going to use a two-quarterback system. Yeah. Uh, him and uh, the Watts boy. They'll be trading back and forth. The Watts boy is an absolute awesome, tough kid. Yeah. Well, over 2,000 yards last year. Yeah. Well, here's what Coach Hall, I said, Coach, and he don't like to brag, and all these boys are humble. I said, how good are we going to be? I said, I heard we lost a lot of our bigger guys, and I said, her line is not very big. And he goes, Alex, nothing to worry about. He goes, all of our guys on the line are strong. They're not giants, but they are very mm-hmm. strong. He said, we will, be, we will be, Liberty Eagles will be one of the most dynamic teams in our area. Uh, and it should be a good year. Ava Bears expect to have a really good season. They got a lot of good kids coming back. Yeah. Uh, Salem is going to be better. Willow Springs. Oh, yes. Kabul. Uh, Houston. Kabul got a bunch of kids back. I mean, it's, it looks really good everywhere. And the West Plains Zizzers. Oh, yeah. They're thinking that the Zizzers might win a Class 4 state championship. Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, they got that Connor Lair kid back. I and thought he Popper graduated. Bluff, Popper Bluff and Cape Girardeau. Yeah, those teams, everybody's it's, it's just. Dexter. The way kids work out today, I know we got to go here real quick, but, yeah. you know, they work all summer, and everybody's in the weight room every day. It's, it's great for high school football. Yeah, all right, okay. buddy, we're going to go to a break. When we come back, we've got Thomas Moore going to talk about what he does to prepare for the upcoming seasons. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more American Roots Outdoors right after this. Right here, right now, this is Chancey Walters listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge, the Ozark Herd Bull. Wishing on some love. I've been on a big board for a while. I can load him in the back of my truck. We can take it. Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day? I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move. Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com. And how do I find out more information about these guys? You go to WiseEyeSmartCam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Use WiseEye. Hornady presents... Welcome to American Roots Outdoors, everybody. We are in the studio. Wayne Locke, Redbone Mike Grayson has promised. On the phone, we got ARO Team Kentucky, our waterfowl coordinator, Mr. Thomas Moore. This guy has seven boys, and we say this all the time. He's got to get two more for a baseball team. But this boy <laughs> lives for his family. Welcome to the show, buddy. How you guys doing tonight? We are doing good. How's the weather there in Arlington, Kentucky? It's somewhere around, uh, I think, 85 was the high today, and the humidity's 
slacked up on us, but they say it's coming back next week. But the the past two or three days have been pretty nice compared to what we've had for the last month. Are you seeing any deer? In the last, I guess it's within the last two weeks, I've started seeing my bachelor group start sh- showing up to my mineral sites. That's good. Oh, yeah, that's real good. I've, it, I've had them out, you know, all summer with cameras on them and haven't seen a buck all summer. I'm starting to get worried. And then, like, somebody flipped a switch last week. They started showing up at every site that I had. That's good. Yeah, say, that's the same problem I'm having, too, Thomas. Is I'm, I'm, my camera, I got does, does, fawns, and fawns, and I ain't got one buck yet. And I'm starting to think that Alex has got some kind of perimeter fence going on <laughs> that I don't know about because he's getting updates every day on his phone. I just it'll, got it'll, one. It'll, I just it'll got just one. ding with the buck, and mine will ding, and it'll show two fawns. I'm like, hey, what's going on here? I just got one. <laughs> but that's what happens when you have a, you run a high fence, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I ain't got no Ivory soap, shaving little slivers off, trying to run them off. Don't yeah, yeah, that's that it. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, not, it's not a high fence, it's just electrified. It's yeah. electrified, right, right. Them deer know better. That explains the burn marks across the front of their chest there. Yeah. Hey, I want to make mention real quick here. I want to uh, give a big shout out to all of our radio sponsors Monty's Outdoors, Dalton Pallet, Diva Detailing, Denali Rods, USA Mortgage, MS Propane, Casey's Tree Service, Phillips Truck Repair. Red Beards, Prevet Law Firm, Firm, CST Hauling, Wallhanger Taxidermy, Power Pro, H2O, Wise Eye, Denali Rods, I've already mentioned them, and Eagle Seed, and True North Tree Stands coming on. So, yeah. Just real quick, want to mention them. But right. uh, back to our conversation here with you, Thomas. Hey, let's before yes, let, let's let's do a right, here's a question. But when we wrapped up our first segment, Thomas, we were talking about foosball here in uh, the Ozarks. Football. Uh, foo, foosball. Isn't that how Football. it's football. Foo, foosball. Football. Okay, well I, I swear I saw a movie and they said it was foosball. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, how, how's the you know is football a big popular sport down in, in your area there or is it uh, not as football? much high school football? It is. High school football is. I've never been a big sports buff. While everybody else was at practice, I was hunting and fishing. So I, I'm just starting to learn a little bit of the lingo. My boys are big into baseball. Of course, I never was. And mm-hmm. I was the guy that when I started watching them play baseball, that I was calling them points and not runs. And my wife informed me, I was upset with her. I had to at least get that part right. How far along? How far along are you in the game? We're in the sixth period. Yeah, <laughs> well, about an hour and twenty minutes in, I guess. Huh? Well, and it, yeah, it's I gonna did. Be, gonna I, be halftime for long, right? And I don't watch. Uh, I wasn't a big high school football fan coming out of Cleveland there, and I came down here and I, I went to one. And Alex, when I was down here filming him about six years ago, he took me one of the the games, and I know when the guy crossed the goal line, I stood up and I was yelling, "Goal!" <laughs> And everybody just looked at me, and I was like, I think that's what you're supposed to yell when they do score. But I, apparently soccer and football, two yeah, different things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what I did then, I said, he's from Cleveland, Ohio. Right? <laughs> Foosball. <laughs> Foosball. Anyway, let's get serious here. You've got seven boys, and your wife hunts with you. And what I want to do is educate our listeners some of the things that you do to prepare for the upcoming season. And let's start with food plots and actually you're using trail cameras before you actually do your food plots but you now today you ordered your first wise eye and you're excited about that and we talked about the wise camera we're going to talk about it more in the show but tell me what you do 
your tactics of preparing food plots. Do you go and you bush hog everything down first? You do soil sample, let's go from there. That's exactly what I do. I go in and I bush hog everything down where I'm going to do it. I'll take a soil sample. Uh, actually, where I'm at this year, uh, the farmer had been farming, farming it the, the year before, so it wasn't like it was in too awful bad a shape uh, as far as the soil was. And uh, so I just broke it all up. Usually the first time I get a piece of ground for a food plot, I'll break it with a breaking plow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just just because. You know, a lot yeah. of times there'll be little saplings and roots and stuff like yeah. that, and I don't know, it makes a better seed bed in my opinion. You're right. And I'll break it. Of course, if I had a bigger tractor and a bigger disc, I could probably do it without a breaking plow, but I'll just have a little 45-horse tractor, so uh-huh. I'll break it with my breaking plow, and then i run a disc over it, and then I'll I'll take a, a tiller, uh-huh. a rear-time tiller. Wow. And, and hit it with the tiller, and that makes perfect seed bed. Now, it depends on what I'm planting on that. Like, for the Eagle soybeans that I planted, I just run a disc across it and got it in good shape, and then uh-huh. I got bought an old AC planter off an older fella down the road here and uh-huh. put my bean plates in it and went to town with that. Yeah. How did your beans do this year, your Eagle beans? Well, if they'd leave them alone long enough to let them grow, they'd be doing great, <laughs> but they're about knee-high right now, and they are wearing them out. <laughs> well, our neighbor planted Eagle beans. And uh, we're not going to say who he is because we don't know about it. He don't want everybody to know, but he planted, what did he plant, two acres? Mickey and Mickey, we'll call them that. Mickey yeah. and Mickey. Did they, did they, they plant two acres? They did about two acres worth of he, uh, plots, and they actually did. Uh, they followed what the, our episode we had earlier in the spring with Brad Doyle, and they put uh, an electric fence around it. You know, they did the three-strand, two-strand non-electric, one-strand electric, 18 inches out. And they're, um, they had pictures last year where they couldn't get their beans to grow this time of year. They had pictures, and there it was. I swear, uh, it was Thomas. It was no more than maybe an inch off the ground. It yeah. just looked like a dirt field, like a play, like a playground. Yeah. yeah. This year, they're waist high already. So he put Big that difference. solar fence. Oh, I got a deer picture yeah. just popped up. He got a deer picture showed up. Why is I on his phone? You're going to be doing that too, Thomas. You're going to be right in the middle of a conversation. Somebody, and your phone's going to ding. They're going to say, "Why is I?" He's going to be right in the middle of putting in a new window in somebody's house. <laughs> Oh, what a shocker. It's another fawn. Another fawn. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you, you, you prepare your soil, you pH, and you, this fall you'll be planting, I'm sure, smorgasbord like you did last year. And it, it's an absolute magnet, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. I've got, right now, I've got an acre of the beans, the Ford soybeans, and I've got an acre of the, uh, it's the buffalo blend, the summer yeah. mix yeah, that yeah. I've got. And it's all heading out everything's looking good and they're they've got it tore to bits mm. i actually took pictures of that a while ago when i was out there checking cameras and stuff i'm gonna i'll post on facebook after a while but mm-hmm. uh it's all look, looking really good we actually need a rain mm-hmm. yeah a little so, bit dry so, the last few days here but yeah that summer blend thick. that summer blend i never did get to get behind the ground because it kept just pouring forever right. and i thought well i'm just gonna hold off and i'm gonna put it in with my fall mix and you can I will. Yep. Yeah. So uh, the buffalo blend, summer buffalo blend, you got it planted and they're pounding it. Now, what fertilizer do you use with your smorgasbord? And how much lime do you use per acre when you prepare your food plants? Well, I've, I've kind of got the inside. i got a buddy of mine who's a yeah. farmer that also sells fertilizing chemicals and stuff. Oh. So I kind of take him the soil and and say, this is what I got, and you fix me up. He puts it in a buggy for me, and I go over and spread it. 
Nice. So if I, if I told you, I'd be lying to you. He usually fixes me up. <laughs> so you don't know what exactly he's mixing for you? I don't know exactly what he's putting in there, but he knows what he's doing because it's doing good. Well, what I would do is get that information and keep it for your kids in case something happens to you so they can plant successful food plots. Right. Yeah. So... We're going to go to a break here, everybody. We've got Thomas Moore on the line. We're talking about what he does to prepare for the Moore family for the upcoming season. We're talking about food plotting right now. We're going to go to a break, and this break is brought to you by EagleSeed.com. We'll be right back with more American Roots right after this. Hey, this is Eddie Salter, and you listen to American Roots and Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Big old hill, year after year, got my gear. True North Tree Stands presents, welcome back to American Roots Outdoors again. What a wonderful show we're having with ARO Team Kentucky Waterfowl Coordinator, Thomas Moore. This guy has seven boys and a beautiful redhead wife. They all deer hunt together. How many deer did you guys harvest last year? For our listeners, let me count them all up here. <clears throat> as Take far your shoes as bucks, off. Take your shoes off. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. Uh, let's see. I think all together we killed about fifteen. That's counting our dough too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Of course, the farmer that we hunt on puts a quota on us. You got to send down the dough. Yeah, right. And uh, I think we killed five bucks last year. I believe that's right. That's a pretty good success wow. rate having yeah. seven boys and five boys kill out of the seven. Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What we want to do is, yeah, we want other... I'm not a guide, but it's like I am a guide because I'm technically, I'm having to set everything up and get everything ready for these kids just like I had a client, you know. Yeah, but you also filmed the hunts for American Roots. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna sneak over to Thomas's house and just wear my hat way down low and just sneak in the truck. <laughs> like one of his boys. Like one of the boys. You know, with <laughs> probably get away with it that's what we do usually before we put the car in in reverse we do a head count kind of like on home alone when they were headed to the airport they did a head count yep. it's kind of the same thing everywhere we go head count yeah so so you, you get how's the army worm situation over that way guys that's a good question we i haven't seen any on my place yet yeah, and I, I don't want to but i haven't seen any i've seen a couple of notices from uh oregon county extension <clears throat> who t- kind of takes care of that kind of stuff and keeps an eye on it, that uh, there have been a couple of uh, sightings, but they really haven't overtaken everything yet. Uh, but they they are urging farmers right now, with, and especially when we had those hot days last week and the week before, because that's when the army worms really like to get to work when it gets real hot. Okay. And this coming week, we'll get temperatures back in the upper 90s again. It'll be a good time for farmers and ranchers and Hunters, they got food plots out to be on the lookout for army worms. Yeah, so how about you over there? Well, I went uh, one day last week. I was going to do a little trimming around a couple of the deer stands on the, one of our leases. And uh, while I was trimming limbs, the boys were dragging them off for me and getting them out of the way. And they came back. It wasn't gone two or three, five minutes, something like that. And my youngest, or I say my youngest, one of my middles, uh, come back with a double handful of, of army worms. Hmm. He said, Dad, what are these? He's like, every one of them beans out there has got at least four or five on each plant, and, and these beans are about a foot tall. Oh, man, I said, oh, good. dude. I said, them's army worms. we got to get them sprayed and get it sprayed quick. And, 
you know, they had come across about a quarter of the field, and this was at, say, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Hmm. And I got up as soon as the farm store opened the next morning and bought my chemical to spray them. And by the time I got there, it was probably 7.30 in the morning, Uh 8 o'clock. And they'd done come halfway across that field working on it. Wow. Oh, my. Yeah. But I got them sprayed. And two days later, of course, their little dried up bodies were laying on the dirt and stuck to the leaves and stuff. So I got them just in time. But had I not went over there, they'd have pretty well wiped out the eagle beans and the clover and everything else. They're... They're amazing how fast they move. Yeah, man needs to keep an eye on his food plots for yep. army worms. Let's move to another subject real quick. Uh, we've talked about food plotting, eagle seed, the preparation, the fertilizer, lime, etc. Uh, let's talk about shooting. When do you start shooting with your boys? Do you shoot throughout the summer months? And what do you do to prepare them for the upcoming uh, with bows, with uh, rifles, uh, crossbows, whatever? When do you start shooting with them? Anytime you got spare time is what I tell people. I mean, you can't practice too much, but uh, for the last probably two or three weeks, month, something like that, Lawson, he's my, let's see which one is he, he's 12. <laughs> he's, uh, he's been out here for a month shooting his bow. We got a couple of decent ones on camera, and uh, and they're in velvet, and they're pretty much set your, your watch by them, and he's pretty well dead set. He's fixing to go kill one in velvet this year. He said, it, of course, one of them's probably... I don't know, probably 140, yeah. mid 140, something like that. That's good buck. And the way he's looking in velvet, of course, he may lose some of that mass when he yeah. loses that velvet. Yeah. But he said, if I can kill him with my bow, can I have him mounted? And I said, son, I've done told you. If you kill a deer over 130 inches, I'll pay to have it mounted. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> so, so you start shooting with your boys. Do you take them all out at the same time? You got shooting bench, and they all take turns shooting. Is that how you do it with a with a bow or, or a crossbow or a rifle? Is that how you do it? That's usually what I do. I kind of make it a little competition between them. Of course, everything is a competition amongst them. So it's pretty easy to get them involved in that. But, yeah, that's usually what I do. I'll get get them all out. We'll take turns. So what caliber does all your boys shoot? I know you shoot a Hornady ammunition, and what's your favorite type of bullet and ammunition? I like every, just about every caliber that I have love the Precision Hunter. Yeah. Everything. Uh, seven millimeter, three hundred wind mag, mm-hmm. my three thirty eight Lapua for that long range stuff. Uh, the kids two forty three. I may have done said that six five Creed more. All of it, everything that I have found Precision Hunter in, the gun loves it. Okay, that's awesome. Hornady Precision Hunter. What grain are you shooting in your two forty three? Is a hundred grain? They're ninety fives. Ninety fives. Okay. I believe is what they were. Yeah, and they they you them boys. Some of them boys can shoot in a. One-inch group at 100 yards, can't they? Oh, absolutely. Having my 14-year-old and my 12-year-old, they can they can shoot three-inch groups. Well, these are factory rifles. They're yeah. Remington 700, just nothing really special about them. They can shoot about a three-inch group at four and 500 yards. Oh, no my. Problem. So I you do a lot of them. shooting. This farm where we hunt, they're not much on trees, so you got to be able to shoot a poke. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I make them practice, and, and I've got – I got uh, 11 inch gongs, and in my opinion, that's the vital area of a white-tailed deer. Uh-huh. And if you can hit that gong every time, wherever you quit hitting it every time, that's past your effective range. You know what I'm saying? So I keep backing the target up. As long as you pull the trigger every time, and I hear that ding, you're good. I'll let you shoot one that far. But if you can't wow. show me that you can hit that's that good. every time Strategy. you pull the trigger, you, you, I back you down. You won't get to shoot that far. 
Yeah, I like that. That's a good strategy for those that are looking to get their kids out and wondering, well, what range can my kid do? I I like that technique. Yeah, and what about, I know you're, you know, some of your older kids uh, also bow hunt. Uh, what kind of range in, in that, and I, I think I remember last year you talking about, uh, uh, you know, maybe 30 yards or something like that. It's kind of the range yeah. of the kids shooting. Yeah. What, 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 uh, what do they practice at, and what do you allow them to shoot at? I allow them to shoot about 30 with a bow, and yeah. that's because of their poundage right now. Uh-huh. is not heavy enough, in my opinion, yeah. especially from the penetration I'm seeing on the target. Is not enough that I feel that it's ethical. They can hit further than that. They yeah. can shoot 40, 50 yards. They practice that far all the time. Penetration. But I won't let them shoot at an animal past 30 yards because I don't feel that they've got enough oomph behind it what, to make a clean kill. What poundage are they shooting? Past 30. Excuse me? What poundage are they shooting? Uh, Let's see. Lawson is shooting at about 35 or 36, and Avin is about a pound more than him. 36, 37, somewhere in that price range. Well, folks, we've gonna... been shooting 75 grain broadheads, fixed broadheads, but I'm fixing to step them up this year, and they'll be able to. We're going to have to redo everything here, and then this weekend they're going to. We've got time, so I'm fixing to turn bows up a little bit more and uh-huh. let them practice uh-huh. and get everything resided in, but I'm planning on swapping them to 100 grain broadheads this year. That's awesome. We're going to go to a break, everybody. This break is going to be brought to you by. Denali Fishing Rods. We'll be right back with more American Roots Outdoors right after this. Hi, everybody. This is Brad Harris. You're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Around your heart, so you never got to worry what the wind might do. American Roots. Hi, everybody. This is Alex Rutledge with American Roots Outdoors. How many of you need an attorney? If you're like me, sometimes you do. I go to Zane Prevet at the Prevet Law Office, Willis Springs, Missouri. No case is too big or too small. You can call Zane at 417-469-3535. Zane Prevet at the Prevet Law Office. This is Alex Rutledge, and he is my attorney. True North Tree Stands presents Welcome Back to American Roots Outdoors, everybody. Alex Rutledge in the studio with Wayne Locke and Redbone Mike Crace. And we've got ARO Team Kentucky, Thomas Moore, talking about what he does to prepare for the upcoming seasons. Archery hunting, uh, crossbow hunting, rifle hunting with his seven boys and his beautiful red-headed wife. We've talked about food plotting. We've talked about uh, tree stands. We've talked about trail cameras a little bit, but what we're going to do is spend the last segment of the radio show here talking a little bit about trail cameras. And I know you've used all kinds like I have, and now we're all using WiseEye. And it seems like, to me, uh, in my opinion, WiseEye is probably the best camera I've ever used. What's your thoughts, Wayne? I couldn't agree more. Just like I said before, just the getting the updates and not having to contaminate your area to me is one of the biggest uh, pluses that this camera is offering right now. When you get the solar panel, as, as uh, Thomas I, knows, right, you never have to go to your nope. camera. 
Nope. It charges your batteries. You never have to change a card. You don't got to worry about downloading your computer, looking at all the, the photos. You can, you're sitting here. We're getting pictures right now, everybody, in the studio. You've heard us say it. Our phones are dinging, ding, 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 uh, deer in front of our mineral sites and our food plot areas. So that's another feature that I like about it. What is it you like about the uh, Wise Eyes, Thomas? And I know you've used, uh, we're not going to name any brand, other brands, but you're now becoming a new user of Wise Eye. Why is it that you chose Wise Eye, you think, over other cameras? Well, from what you guys have, have told me about all the features, or it sounds to be like, that's where I need to be, so I'm, I'm going to give them a try, and if so, I'll have a whole new fleet of them. I'm sure I will. <laughs> I was, where, in the past, I was running 15 to 20 regular cameras. Cell cameras are, Deer pictures. You know, like you were saying, cell cameras are the way to go. Yeah, cell yeah. cameras are the way to go. Yeah. Watch mm-hmm. a camera, and when you start seeing activity at a certain time of day, you know what time to be in there and be ready. Yeah, i like. I tell you another feature I like, Redbone. Mm-hmm is that it files, and I've said this many times, it, it takes and files your pictures. All deer pictures go into a file that says deer, deer images. Mm-hmm. Then if there's any hogs in the area or small deer, they will be under the hog uh, feature. And turkey, all goes under turkey, all turkey pictures. Then you got other, which could be raccoons, predators, humans, whatever. And what it does, it collects data of every picture. And every time throughout the day or the night, it'll tell you the most visits in front of that camera. It does the scouting for you. And that's another thing I believe it sold, that really sold me. And I know it's selling Wayne and I'm sure Thomas. So, Yeah, and, and another feature is the fact that you can actually, and Wayne, we've had folks with WiseEye on with us, and you can set up a feature uh, video through the pictures. software yeah. uh, for video or, or pictures that will actually, you can name your target buck and pick a target buck, and it will actually put that buck in a separate file and tell you when that buck's coming to your cameras. Did or your you know that, buck. Thomas? I did not know that. That's pretty wild. Yeah, it, it has awesome. a facial recognition software that they have, yeah. and it'll actually, if you have a buck that you identify, say you have a, a 10 point with a, a drop tine on the left side, you you can go into your computer, and mark it, mark yeah. it yeah. and then every time that buck shows up to your camera, it'll drop it into a totally separate folder for you and notify you that that buck is showing up where he's showing up. And then you can also transfer that information to your other cameras and, you know, your otherwise eye camera. So if that buck is showing up in a different area or decides all of a sudden, hey, I'm not getting on here, but it's showing up to a different camera, it's automatically going to recognize that buck at your other camera and notify you that it's moved to a different location on your farm. Yeah, and it's going to give you statistics. I mean, it's going to give you wind speed. Graph, yeah. It's going to give you time of day. It's going to give you temperatures. Moon phase, moon phase, everything. Moon phase, everything you could imagine that you need to know what's making that buck come to that spot at that time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Let's talk about tree stands. Tree stands. True North tree stands. They got ladder stands. They got lock on stands. They got ground blinds. You can go to their website, www.truenorth, uh, was it True North tree stand, TNT hunt.com. HuntTNT.com. Yeah, HuntTNT.com. Okay. Yeah. You can go there. They've got a, a double stand they call the Mentor. It's a two-person stand it's for youth. Now, when you hang a stand, what do you like to hunt out of with your children? Ladder stands, ground blinds, lock on? What, what is your choice? With my smaller boys, I've built shooting houses. Of course, I'm a carpenter, so I can take scrap materials, and I've built shooting houses, <laughs> and I actually build them on old trailers that I've bought off people. Mm-hmm. And when the farmer's done, you can park 
for as far as rifle hunting goes. You can park it out in the middle of the field wherever you need to park it, and then, of course, when you're done hunting, you can get it out of the farmer's way. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times if you build a stand or hang a stand, you think, man, I wish I could be right over there, but I can't because there's not a tree or whatever. Build it on a trailer. Take it out there and park it, That this and that. But uh, if we don't have that option, if we're in the woods or something, I'll start the kids out with a two-man a two-man ladder stand mm-hmm. and once they get a little older and I, I feel comfortable with them climbing trees and stuff i go to lock on stands especially if we're going to bow hunt and i like to try to get 25 to 30 feet in the air if we're bow hunting mm-hmm. so you you think you feel and i, I really feel i'm going to say this true north tree stands are the safest tree stands out there with their locking device system as far as i know that sounds that's a pretty sweet deal they got going there. Yeah, that uh, that so system, that system, and, and so much easier to hang the stands. Yeah, I mean, safer. You're, you're only up there holding ounces at a time instead of pounds at a time. Yeah, right. So, so the the lock on. I love. I'm like you. I love ladder stands, and they got a new 25 foot ladder stand out. Mm-hmm. People's going to go crazy over. Yeah, and they're and they're dual stands actually have two separate seats. It's not just one bench all the way across. Wow. There are armrests on the outside and on the inside. Uh, so it, and I think that would just make the kids feel a little bit safer having two handles to, to hang on to while they're sitting in that stand. Yeah, and their number one priority is safety. At Absolutely. North. It sure is. Hey, and I, I want to mention before we get out of this segment is that uh, don't forget we have the contest that will start tomorrow. Uh, to win a True North Tree Stand, um, we you're going to have the choice. The winner will have a choice between either the SC1 Climber and the um, uh, Centaur 20-foot uh, bow ladder stand. Wow. wow. So, guys, get on the, get on their website, check it out, because you're going to have your choice between so one how, of those So how, how can they win this? Just well, details will be... Oh, details will be coming out on Sunday because this will air on Saturday. Details will be uh, look for your uh, information Sunday morning when you wake up, when you're getting ready for church. Look at the, your Facebook page; all the information will be listed there. But I'm going to keep it a secret because it's 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 going to be easy. But there's going to be a couple things you're going to have to do to get entered, and we're going to be visiting their their place, liking their page. We're going to also tag a few people in it too. We've got a few more minutes here. I want to ask you this question before we wrap it up the show. We got two minutes. Why do you choose ground blinds over ladder stands? And why do you, what makes you choose the locations, and why do you choose those locations for your stand setups? It's a three-part question. Well, I mean, a lot of times it's, it's trial and error. You'll hang a stand somewhere, and you'll sit there, and you'll think, well, dad gum, if I'd have just put it there next year, I'll move it, or I'll have to get in here tomorrow midday and move it or whatever, but... You'll sit there so many days, and you see that in a certain location, that's where you need to be, or trail cameras. or I mean, there's several things that go in as a factor for me. But I know a lot of times you'll hang a stand where you've had a camera and think, man, this is the spot. And then you hang it there, and while you're sitting there about day three, you're thinking, dude, I wish I'd have put it 200 yards that way, you know? Well, let me tell you what. So by that, having more than one camera, wise eye, you can have it at another stand location. You could be sitting in stand one, and you'd say you got two other cameras, and all of a sudden, ding, your phone dings, and the big buck you're after is over at stand three, and it ain't before 500 yards away, and all you do is get down, slip, and ease over there and try to kill him if the wind's right. So that's another advantage. And, again, I just want to touch on it, stand locations and using Wiseye. And, and also that camera will tell you which way that buck's headed. Mm-hmm. By well, the he way, may be headed to you. Yeah, by the way he's walking through the camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
Great stuff. Well, Thomas, you've been a great guest, as always, and you're very informative. Uh, you're entertaining. And uh, have you got anything you want to say to all the listeners about uh, your family to other families about the upcoming seasons? Good luck to everybody and get them out there and practice with them. If they're kids, I mean, they're kids. They're going to mess up. So mm-hmm. you got to practice with them. Just like any kind of sport, you got to practice. And don't get down on them when they can't do it or not comfortable, and sure don't force them because – I've got one of my boys that I didn't think he was going to care a single thing about hunting. I thought he was going to be just my fisherman. And uh, about eight years old, he kicked in gear, and that's he's just like the rest of them. But I didn't push it on him. I didn't force it down his throat. He didn't want to go. That's fine. But now he's right there with them. I believe if I had pushed him, he might have hated it. Mm-hmm. So don't force them, and you got to keep them comfortable. Great information. Don't let them get cold. you got to plan ahead, bring them snacks and something to keep them comfortable, because if it's miserable, they're not going to want to go. Right. Well, we we admire what you do with your children, and you're a great mentor to many people. What you're doing, you're inspiring other families to take their kids. And I want to say, make mention real quick, we are going to air a new series of American Roots Outdoors TV shows coming up here soon, within a week or two. And it's called Home Dirt 3, and it's going to be a three or four-part series of hunting Missouri uh, on my dirt with friends and myself. So it's going to be airing soon. I want to give a special shout out to Big Daddy, Richard, who's our new editor over at Donovan, Missouri. If you listen to this show, I want to thank you for your efforts and what you're doing to produce a great show. And uh, we're going to wrap up the radio show here. And again, Thomas, thank you for being here. And uh, Wayne, when your roots run deep and strong, don't forget about the bonus. Oh. We got a giveaway. <laughs> I thought you were getting ready to do the other because oh. we got a giveaway. Oh, yeah. For the, the bonus, giveaway. everybody. Wayne, tell them about it. Yeah, the bonus segment. You got to get over to uh, your favorite podcast carrier to hear the rest of this show. If you missed any of the beginning of this show, just go to the podcast carrier again. You'll be able to hear the whole show in its entirety, plus the bonus segment where we're going to talk to Thomas more about some hunting techniques with his kids and that. I definitely want to touch base more on shooting techniques with his youngest ones because that's one thing that people always question is, when do I get my kids involved into this hunting? What we're going to talk about in the bonus segment, too, is a little more information is about cleaning your game and how you prepare it for your family and your guests. Everybody, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. Thanks for listening. So you never got to worry what the wind might do. American Roots. Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Eagle Seed presents American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. This is Wayne Luck. i got Alex Rutledge in the studio with me along with Mike Crace and Thomas Moore on the phone. If you're listening to this, that means you're on the podcast. We appreciate you being on the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, join, whatever it says that you need to do so you get our weekly uh, updates and shows sent directly to you and notified that it has arrived in your box. Uh, don't forget also please leave us a review because it does help in our ratings and that yeah i'm gonna give away an aro signed box call for this show there you go really Mm -hmm. how do i enter (laughs) (laughs) you got one I don't have the box call. Oh, you don't have the Laverne? And you know, I brought you that uh, you know, quarter pickles oh, there. Yeah, 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 see, them pickles are worth a box call there. That's for <laughs> sure, man. Ah. So anyway, we're going to give away a signed, autographed. We'll all three sign it. Mike, Wayne, uh, myself. We'll give it away for Thomas' show. There they you go. Cool. Give us a review. 
Yep. Cool. Make sure you leave your real name and the state you're from in the review uh, so we can uh, get a hold of you on social media. Because otherwise, we're not going to know who uh, – Tomcat Hunter five two four is you know I mean I, that I got, means you, nothing to us. But. You, you just made me think of something, guys. I, I don't mean to get off the subject here with Thomas, but uh, I had an email to American Reach our website, and the guy's email was Rafael Ramirez six 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 something at yahoo dot com. He said some guy in a white Chevy with www dot American Reach Outdoors dot com pulled out in front of me and slowed me down. I hate your website. <laughs> I wonder who I that did. could have been. <laughs> you know what I told him? I said, uh, Mr. Ramirez, thank you for your, your response to whoever pulled out. There are several trucks with the www.americanreachoutdoors.com on it. But I assure you no one pulled out in front of you intentionally to cause an accident or anything. But since you have 666 in your email, that explains what type of person you are and why you're being hateful. Go ahead and hate our American Reach Outdoors website. We still love you, and God loves you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I ever had anything like that assigned to me as a example, I'd be asking for a new one. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's like going to the grocery store and the total coming up to six. Oh, i got to get another candy bar. Exactly. We can do yeah. that. Take something hey. off, add something on real quick. The smallmouth tournament this weekend, there was two or three guys that weighed six, six, six in. In the tournament, 666. Well, take a fish out. I ain't winning anyway. Uh, the only thing I want to add to this conversation is I don't drive a white pickup. <laughs> Neither do I. It was me, I guess. But I do know somebody that does. Yeah, it was probably me. But I don't remember pulling out in front of anybody. And I, I, I'm That's sure. probably why you pulled out in front of them. Didn't see him, right? The good thing is, the good thing is, he went to our website. We got a, a yeah, clip. there you go. We got a hit. Another clip. visitor. We got a hit. Another visitor. <laughs> so, anyway, Thomas. Uh, our outline here. Let's talk about preparing your wildlife. Uh, when you kill a deer with those boys or yourself, what are your steps to preparing uh, taking care of that animal? Well, a lot of guys gut them in the field. Mm -hmm. I don't. If I can get my hands on them quick enough, I'm not gutting them in the field. I don't want that in the area where I hunt. I get them loaded up and get them out of the area as quick as I can, and I do all that at the house. Of course, most of the time, once I've got my hands on him getting him to the house probably isn't about an hour-long process. Of course, I get him home, and I usually process 99% of them myself. I usually take one every year to the actual meat processor here, and I'll have all uh, what they call snack sticks and summer sausage made out of one deer each year. And That's usually one of the first deer that we kill of the season. That way we've got it to snack on while we're hunting. Right. But uh, I'll take them home and course get them chilled as quick as possible i'll get them quartered and in a cooler and on ice and i i personally like to put them on salt water ice water for about three days i actually you know clean them out every every morning drain all the water and rinse them off and clean them up re-ice them re-salt them and do that for three days to help pull some of the blood out of mm -hmm. it and uh that that's just how my granddaddy did it so that's how mm -hmm. i do it Right, so, Alex, my question, do you field dress in the woods, or do you field dress at the house? Everybody's different. I don't like to do it because what I feel it does, it tracks coyotes and predators to that area yep. I'm hunting. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I take my deer home instantly, and I hang them on my meat pole, and I gut them, and I take the guts, and I dump them in a gut pile away from my home over at Wayne's place on a deer crossing over there. <laughs> so I'm telling him why the deer aren't coming to him. That explains a lot right That's now. That's why he's not All playing a lot. Predators All them buzzards. Wayne. That's why he's not seeing any bucks on his wife. That's right. <laughs> 
Well, see, I, I was always taught my, when I get them home, I keep the liver and the spleen out of them, bag it up, and we use it for catfish bait in the summertime. Oh, there yeah, you go. exactly. Yeah, you sure does. But I was always told to to uh, to field dress that deer right where you killed it, right where it dropped. Oh yeah. I mean, that's what I was taught when yeah. I started hunting, and that's just the way I do it. Yeah. And another thing, I did bring one home one time and gathered it, and Miss Nino saw it. And she said, don't ever bring another deer home and do that in my yard. No <laughs> now, I'll say for me, because I did a lot of urban hunting, it, uh-huh. the urban rules in the in the cities and that is that you, you could not yeah, you, you could not right. yeah. uh, in the urban areas and that. So we always had to take it home. But if it was not an urban area, I gutted it right then and there, mm-hmm. cleaned it out so it could cool faster. And if there was a creek around, I generally tried to wash it out in the creek yeah. uh, as quick as I could. The faster I cool it, the better it's going to taste later. Yeah. One of the things I like to do if I debone my meat back to the subject of the preparing our deer, I, I debone the meat and get rid of all the white fat film off the meat and I soak it in salt water mm-hmm. and white vinegar for several days if the temperatures are cool enough. Mm-hmm. And what again what that does it takes that the a lot of the blood out of the meat, like Thomas said, and man, you think you're eating beef. Yeah, like See, the, the old timers say, it takes that wild taste out. It yeah. does, and I've never even heard of this stuff until I came down here and started hunting with Alex because I yeah. don't soak the meat, the deer meat at all. Really? Yeah. Nope, not at all. Depends on what people, I'm doing. If I'm making jerky, and I usually try to make one whole deer into jerky, mm-hmm. and I won't soak That's it. That's a lot of jerky. Always, well, my family loves jerky. Yeah, and we eat a lot of eat a lot of jerky, but they. Uh, and the only soaking it gets is in teriyaki or Worcestershire mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know whatever I'm going to soak it in to make jerky. Right. That's good stuff, Thomas. You think so, jerky goes fast at your house? You ought to try making jerky <laughs> around here. You ought to wait till they go to bed to make the crap. I'm telling you right now, I have to hide it around here. Yeah, I'll literally lock it up in the gun safe <laughs> once say. it's been made because you have to ration it out to them. They'll eat 10 pounds of jerky in about a day. I just wow. Yeah, you That's work 12 good. hours to make that jerky, and it's gone in 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well, for years, I had a bunch of small uh, dehydrators, and finally, I, mm-hmm. all these kids coming along, I thought, oh, man. So I went and bought a big one. It's got 10, 10 tiers in it, and I can put 20 pounds of wet meat in it. Wow. And it yields 10 pounds of jerky. Wow. Nice. Wow. That's what you do it right there. 50% on weight is what it works out to be. But mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I do like you, Mike. I'll take one whole deer and usually make jerky out of it. And, I mean, mm-hmm. everything yeah. that I can cut up. I'll save the loins out, and we'll, we'll barbecue them like filet mignon, but everything else gets cut up for jerky. And then one will go to the processing plant to be made into summer sausage and, and snack sticks. But yep. There you have it. a darn job. Yeah, there you have it, it everybody. It's Thomas, a job. That's Thomas exactly right. Moore and his seven boys and his beautiful redhead wife they shared what he does to get ready for the upcoming seasons. We hope this information helps you and inspires you to take your children or anybody's kids and get them in the outdoors and uh, i think if we had to sum it up about thomas moore i would have to say this thomas moore is more is a hard-working man a man of faith that loves his family a patriot and believes in the constitution and believes in the red white and blue and he wants to share his love of the outdoors with everybody he can what would you say about thomas moore wayne I agree 100%. Uh, family man, family man, family man. Anybody ever asked about Tom? That's what I always say. Uh, he uh, he still has some catching up to do, you know, because I had eight kids. He's got seven. So, Thomas, you got you got some catching up to do here, but uh, still time. You're young. But, uh, no, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, family is number one in his book. No matter what's going on, it's all about the Faith kids. is number one, then yeah. his family. Yeah, yeah. Redbone, your evaluation. Yeah, same thing. I mean, same thing. When I, anytime I see Thomas post on Facebook, it most generally is about his boys. Well, 
Always. Mm-hmm. Well, you do a great job representing American Roots and our partners, and I want to give a big shout-out to Wise Eye Tech, Hunt Control, Hornady Ammunition, True North Tree Stands, Eagle Seed, Denali Rods, Slider Fishing, uh, Jewel Bait Company. I want to thank you all for what you do for American Roots. Thank you for believing in us. And remember, everybody, when your roots run deep and strong, Redbone, there's no reason to fear the wind.